What is good, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of Talking Hoops with Kev Luke, man. Back at it again today, Monday, February 26th. As always, I hope all y'all are doing great out there. Hopefully, all you guys are staying the course. And just know that your current situation is a blessing, right? Be appreciative of where you're at, but also know that it's higher levels to tap into. Your future is bright. Good things are on the horizon. Just stay the course, stay patient, develop some discipline, and know that greater things are heading your way. But with that being said, we got to jump right into this because this is a major thing right now in my life personally. It's not a major thing like that, but a major thing in the sports world for my sports world. And that is my Michigan State Spartans, of course, right? After yesterday, they lost to Ohio State. We'll talk about it a little bit. They fell to 17-10 and 10 after back-to-back home losses, after losing to Iowa. Earlier in the week, they lose to Ohio State on Sunday. Big salute to Dale Bonner, who hit the game winner with a few seconds left over Tyson Walker. Jake Diebler, of course, is the interim head coach after they parted ways with Chris Holman on Valentine's Day. And the rest of that Ohio State squad, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Devin Royal, who I wanted to play and be at Michigan State, killed yesterday. And so just big salute to them. And, of course, big salute to my guy, Dave, my guy, Iowa Hoops Dave, for you know his team holding it down. We had a dope episode the last time we got on here. He talked about everything. You know, Ben Cricky had a big-time game. Peyton Sanderford lit us up. And Iowa just looked like they wanted it more, and they played a much better and well-rounded version of team basketball than we did, and that's why they won the game. So with that, I got to start off by saying that when I say all this, I don't want to make it seem like I'm taking personal shots at anybody because that's never what I do. At the end of the day, this is just a game. It's a sport. It's much bigger and more important things going on in this, right? So I want to preface, first of all, by saying that. But let's start off with it, right? The only person to blame in all of this, in Michigan State seasons the past few years, I guess, whatever you want to call it, since we've had some down years, even though we still made the NCAA tournament, I kind of feel like this downward spiral has been occurring since the season after COVID, when we had Max Christie and Gabe Brown and Marcus Bingham senior season. And, of course, that was after the departure of both Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman, which, of course, are two all-time greats in the program in my eyes. The main person to blame for all this is none other than Tom Izzo. Why? Because him and his staff have decided to not completely, but for the most part, ignore the transfer portal and stay on their high horse. I remember when we beat Kentucky last year at the Champions Classic, At the post-game press conference, Izzo went up there and said, loyalty is a two-way street, which is facts. That is a big bar. In order to get loyalty, you have to give loyalty first, right? Just like in order to get respect, you have to give respect first. I had no problem with him saying that. The issue is, though, he said that because he didn't really dive into the transfer portal that much, and he decided to keep a majority of his roster, which, again, is fine. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge that the way the game of college basketball is going right now, and not just college basketball, all sports in the collegiate world, the transfer portal is either your best friend or your biggest enemy. And if it's your biggest enemy, your program is not going to be trending in the direction that you need it to be because just look at some of the top teams in the country right now, right? For instance, North Carolina added both Harrison Ingram from Stanford and Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame. And their season has been much better with those two guys on their wings. Why? Because Harrison Ingram is a three slash four that literally does it all. He can initiate, 
in fast break situations. You can post him up. You can run your offense through him. You can have him guard the other team's best players. He can rebound. Cormac Ryan is a knockdown shooter, high-level defender, has played in a whole bunch of games in the ACC when he was playing for Mike Bray at Notre Dame, and now he's translated that over to UNC, where the expectations are a little bit higher than when he was at Notre Dame, right? Iowa State, we talked about a couple weeks ago. Iowa State, what they did, they brought back all their roster, but TJ Osselberger addressed the flaws that haunted them last year, and that was they couldn't score. So you bring in Keyshawn Gilbert from UNLV. You bring in Curtis Jones from the University at Buffalo, right? Every team right now, for the most part, I just looked at it. Every team inside the top 10 right now in the college basketball AP top 25, for the most part in the top 10, has a big-time transfer addition. The only two teams that don't have major transfer additions are Marquette and Duke. And Duke is like an anomaly just like Kentucky because, of course, they're always going to get the highest-rated talent from the freshman class, and they'll get some other guys here and there. And then Marquette, just a big salute to Shaka Smart because he's truly developed and gotten guys better. But that's the thing with Coach Izzo, right? You lost all of your coaching staff through the past few years, and you've had to replace them with Doug Wojcic, Thomas Kelly, and Mark Montgomery. Dwayne Stevens left. He took the job at Western Michigan. Dane Fife left. He was at Indiana, got fired, doing his thing now. Mike Garland retired. The OG retired. Nothing wrong with that. He deserved that, right? I'm hoping him and his family are doing amazing. With that, though, that is a lot of roster turnover and coaching staff turnover. And so you have to understand that you're not in the same place that you once were. And so for Izzo, again, the issue with this team, so let's talk about this team now. The issue with this team is that the way this team is constructed, you need your top four guys to be good to great damn near every game in order for them to win games between A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, and Malik Hall. Those are the four guys on this roster who from last year played a ton of meaningful minutes. Madi Sissoko, who again, I have to say, I don't want to feel like I'm taking personal shots at him, but this is just the facts of the matter. He has not gotten better since probably last season because he really didn't play his freshman or sophomore seasons, if we're being honest. Last year, he had to play because he was really the only truly developed big man on the roster. You had a freshman Carson Cooper, and you had a freshman Jackson Kohler. So Madi was forced to play. And it worked because in certain situations, even though Malik Hall was dealing with injuries, you could put Malik at the four and Joey Hauser at the five and get away with it. This year, you don't have that because you don't have a knockdown shooter like Joey Hauser. Jaden Akins, in some situations, can be that guy, but again, they're two completely different players. Joey Hauser is a 6'9 power forward. Jaden Akins is a 6'3 shooting guard. So I don't want to compare that. And I don't want to make it seem like, oh, Joey Hauser was the savior. Joey Hauser was a huge part and huge reason why we had success last season. And that's my thing. Izzo should have addressed that right there. They should have known we were going to take a major blow by not being able to get somebody to play like Joey Hauser. Joey Hauser did a lot, right? When transition game got slow, you had a guy that was the trailer that can come down and knock down shots. You had a guy that can post up and get you easy buckets at the rim. And that's the issue with this team. You don't have a guy that can consistently get you easy looks on the offensive end of the floor. Tyson Walker is amazing. I don't want to get that misconstrued whatsoever, but he is a 5'11 shooting guard. So he has to work twice as hard for everything. Even though he is supremely skilled and talented, everything that he does is elite level talent. And that's just a testament to how great of a player that he is. 
Malik Hall is really good, and Malik Hall has been playing amazing basketball for the last month and a half. But even some of the rhythm shots that Malik Hall takes and makes are tough shots. That fadeaway mid-range shot that he loves to take is a tough shot. It's a reason you only see a few guys around the country taking that shot consistently because that's one of the toughest shots in the game. And so to me, when I look at this team, yes, the front court is the most glaring issue, right? And again, I don't want to kill Mati Sissoko because he's been through a lot, right? Of course, as I just mentioned, he did not play at all pretty much his freshman and sophomore year, played a lot last year as a starter, and then this year, and of course, he just had his grandmother pass away, you know, not too long ago. So it's a lot going on there. And with that, though, at the end of the day, Izzo has to know that I think Izzo is doing this thing where he loves to play his seniors. And I don't have a problem with that. But at the end of the day, when your senior isn't giving you anything, what are you really doing? Because Madi, as much as I hate to say it, he's not a back to the basket threat. He can't catch passes in traffic. He's not catching lobs. He's not a great defender. He's being undisciplined defensively. He's really giving you nothing. And so you have to limit his minutes. And I understand Izzo took him out of the starting lineup for the first time all season in this game versus Ohio State yesterday. And what happened? They move him to the bench and they bring him off the bench and they play him alongside Carson Cooper. And Carson Cooper, who I was rooting for Carson Cooper, and I'm going to sound crazy to the Michigan State fans hearing this, but I'm really praying that Carson Cooper somehow has a trajectory of Matt Costello. And that's probably super wishful thinking at this point. Honestly, it probably is. I'm not even going to deny it. But just like Madi, Carson Cooper has not really gotten better from last season compared to this season. And it's a reason, no offense, the only high major offer he had coming out of IMG Academy was Michigan State. And this is the thing that haunts me right now. Coach Izzo has made a living of getting the underrated, maybe not the highest guys that get all the popularity and all this stuff and develop, developing them like an Xavier Tillman. And shout out to Xavier Tillman because Xavier Tillman is an anomaly, like a Draymond Green, right? He gets the guys that aren't highly known around the country. He develops them and they go on to have successful careers, whether it be in the NBA or overseas. But at the same time, what Izzo has to understand too is that you've built Michigan State up to be damn near in the same realms as the Blue Bloods, if not right under them, whatever. I don't feel like having that conversation right now, but you've built Michigan State basketball to be a respectable program. You don't have to hang your hat on, hey, I'm going to get this three-star kid and I'm going to develop him and see how it works out. No, it's okay to bring in a five-star talent here and there. And, and they've done that. Again, you have Max Christie. Of course, you have Jeremy Fears and Xavier Booker now. So I'm not saying that he lives by that. I'm just saying is that you don't have to consistently make that an important factor of your team, right? Because at the end of the day, you have to have guys that want to be at Michigan State. And right now, the issue is we don't have the talent to blow teams out. We just don't. So we're always going to be in close and tightly contested games because we just don't have it right now. We only have four to five guys that have played a bunch of meaningful minutes in college basketball. And that's why I was always saying from the beginning of the season to temper the expectations with the freshman class. I'm not even going to go down the Xavier Booker route right now because to me, it's not as deep as people are making it. Yes, our front court is struggling. Yes, Xavier Booker looks well offensively, but give him time. People are just saying they want to play him just because he's a five-star talent. That's not how this works. We've seen a whole bunch of five-star players flame out and not do anything. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case for Xavier Booker. I'm saying stay patient with Xavier Booker because next year I have high expectations for him. And again, look around the country right now. 
how many of these five-star players in the class of 2023 are impacting winning basketball at their D1 program. The only ones that I can think of think of off the top of my head are Stefan Castle at UConn and Jacoby Walter at Baylor. Other than that, I might give you Elliot Cadeau. Obviously, I'll give you the Kentucky freshman, but that's a given because that's what Calipari does at Kentucky. But outside of the, those guys, you look at majority of the five-star players, hardly any of them are even playing right now. And it's okay. Why? Because it's not easy to go from high school basketball, regardless of what level you're at, to playing high major division one basketball. And again, Xavier Booker is going to be fine. I know a lot of people probably tell him to transfer and go here and go there. And I'm just like, this is the problem with a lot of people right now. And this is where I kind of understand Izzo's point of view on the transfer portal, because a lot of guys are just running and trying to find the easy and quick escape instead of going through the grind. And again, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen to Xavier Booker. I firmly believe regardless of what happens the rest of the season, Xavier Booker is going to be in East Lansing next season. And again, I think he's going to have a great season alongside Jeremy Fears, Trey Holloman, and a couple other guys. But getting back to this team, Izzo really did a major disservice to both Tyson Walker and Malik Hall because imagine if we did not get these guys back. And the only reason they're back is because Kyle's players were granted with that extra year of eligibility thanks to COVID, right? And with that, you should have known that you were going to have some holes to fill on this roster. Because even with last year's team, you were really only six guys deep. It was literally the starting five that was A.J. Hogarth, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, Joey Hauser, Malik Hall, and then Mati Sissoko. And then you would sprinkle in some Trey Holloman just to give A.J. Hogarth some rest. And that was really the rotation. And I'm not really a big depth guy. Like, depth is good in certain situations, but really you only need about eight guys. I think eight guys is is about right for a good team. And with this team, again, it's a lot of unproven talent. And my biggest thing in regards to the front court, we don't even talk about enough that when is the last time we had a big time wing on our program? The last one was Max Christie, right? You had Aaron Henry, then you went to Max Christie. We don't have a true wing on this team. Cohen Carr is kind of like that, but at the same time, he's in the same breath as Malik Hall, where he's a tweener, where to me, I think Cohen Carr's game is going to be maximized at the four and the five because he doesn't have the ability to necessarily stretch the floor and knock down perimeter shots. I think the more he gets comfortable, he'll be better at the four spot than the three spot because defenses are not going to guard him out there. And all he's doing is taking up the space that the guards need to operate in. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, he's a freshman, so I'm not going to kill Cohen Carr. He's going to be just as good as Xavier Booker, you know, in the next couple years. I'm saying that to say every guard, excuse me, every wing, that we have run into this year has absolutely torched us. Whether it was Dalton Connect in the exhibition game that was for donations to Maui, whether it was AJ Store twice who cooked us, another transfer, by the way, whether it was Cam Christie, of course, the brother of Max Christie at Minnesota, he lit us up. So every big time wing we've seen has torched us. And I want to say this, when I say wing, I'm talking about a dude that is anywhere between 6'5 to 6'8, has a face of game, can break you down off the dribble, can score from all three levels, can guard at a high level, and in certain situations can initiate the fast break. Aaron Henry could do that. Max Chrissy could do that in certain situations. And we don't have that on the team. We have two guys in Malik Hall and Cohen Carr that are tweeners. Tweeners means you can play the three or the four. But to me, both those guys are mostly fours. They're mostly power forwards, in my opinion. And I'm not saying my opinion is the end-all be-all, but that's just what I've seen. And so with that, Again, man, the players do need to take some accountability. And that's the thing. 
I don't want to make it seem like I'm not blaming the players at all because I love AJ Hogarth, but he just has to be better. And he played pretty good against Ohio State, but I need him to be better. I need him to be more consistent at a higher level because the end of his career is a month away. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want him to be remembered for nothing. You know, and Tyson Walker, same thing. Tyson Walker did not have to come back. And I know he's dealing with a groin injury and it looks much more serious than what they're saying. You've heard Izzo saying that he's taking some practices off and let Tyson Walker do his thing. And I understand that because if we want to have any success in the NCAA tournament, it's going to be because of Tyson Walker and AJ Hogar. You need those two guys to be clicking at the same time and a little bit of Malik Hall and Jaden Akins. And again, I don't want to blame Tyson Walker for anything because of that injury, because for the most part, a lot of our wins have been based off Tyson Walker being really, really good. And so it's it's unfortunate to see that he's dealing with that injury. And hopefully with his week off, you know, we don't play till Sunday against Purdue that he gets some healing in that amount of time. So I'm not too worried about that. But at the end of the day, it really just falls on the shoulders of Tom Izzo. That's all it is. You cannot continue to not address the transfer portal. You watched this team all summer and you were content with them. And I don't really have a problem with that, but if you're going to be content with your roster, the development has to take place. And my biggest saving grace for Coach Izzo, because you're going to see people say that he's washed and he's done, he needs to retire, he's old, which is fine. You know, he is old. I think he's 69, 70. I get it. But to me, I still have faith because one, the future of your program looks pretty good with Jeremy Fierce, Trey Holloman, Xavier Booker, Cohen Carr, Jackson Kohler. I like that core. The thing is, though, you have to address the rest of the needs, wings, and another big man through the transfer portal. I'm not worried about guards whatsoever. We have enough guards to feed families between Jace Richardson, Kurt Tang, Derek Norman. You have players, but you need to get them big-time wings, and you need to get a center that can rebound, defend, and get you easy post looks in your offense. That's what you need. You have to address that somehow in some way. And the other saving grace is, the funny thing about all this is that you got Joey Hauser out the transfer portal from Marquette. You got Tyson Walker out the transfer portal from Northeastern. And even the guys that you swung and missed on in the portal, Jalen Bridges at Baylor and Micah Parrish at San Diego State, who went to the Final Four last year and played in the National Championship game last year, both those guys have been important pieces at their respective schools. So that shows me that the coaching staff knows how to identify talent. It's just about going and actually getting the talent. Right. Because, again, look around the country. UConn got Cam Spencer from Rutgers last year. Cam Spencer was a good player at Rutgers last year. Now on UConn, he looks like a great player. And that's just the difference between UConn and Rutgers. And it's not a knock to Steve Pico. It's just that's just the name of the game. UConn historically is one of the greatest programs in college basketball history. And Danny Hurley has done a great job of putting Cam Spencer in a position to succeed. And what did Cam Spencer do? He took the pressure off of guys like Stefan Castle to be great early. He took the pressure off Tristan Newton to have to carry the team. And that's what you didn't do, Coach Izzo, with A.J. Hogar, with Tyson Walker, and with Jaden Akins. And especially Malik Hall, because Malik Hall is our only front court player that's consistently giving his all. And yes, as a fifth-year senior, technically he's supposed to be doing that, but he's not supposed to be doing every little thing. And that's the issue. And then with your guards, again, you need all of them to be clicking at the same time. And so on court wise, this is what I'm going to say. And I'm going to get you guys out of here in a few minutes. The way that this team has played this year, 
in games, this is what Izzo needs to do. In the first half, you have to prioritize trying to get Jaden Aikens easy looks, whether it's from the three-point line or get him in a position to where you can run a play for him, run him off a screen, and get his momentum headed towards the rim and let him make a play. You have to get Jaden Aikens' confidence back on point because he's your best knockdown shooter in from my perspective, right? Tyson Walker is your best overall scorer, but when it comes to just a purely shooting perspective, you're going to need Jaden Aikens to spread the floor. You just have to. So in the first half, you need to get him going. Why? Because A.J. Hogarth starts off slow in the first half. And when he starts off slow, I think you should take advantage of that by allowing him to be a playmaker and not allowing him to be a scorer. That's what you need to do. You, Of course, you got to get Jaden involved. You got to get Malik his touches. And you, know, you already know Tyson Walker is going to help you out for the most part. And then in the second half, that's when you allow A.J. Hogarth to get going and scoring towards the rim and putting dudes in foul trouble and posting him up because why AJ Hogard to me after Malik Hall is your best post option. And so to me, I'll say this, you got three big 10 conference games left Sunday. Again, we're going to go to Purdue. I'm not looking forward to that just because historically going to Mackey arena is the toughest environment for Michigan state, because I don't know what Matt Painter says to his Purdue team before they take on Michigan state at home, but whatever he does, they come out ready every single time, and it feels like they hit a million threes, and it feels like we start the game off down 15 to nothing. And then we're just trailing the entire game, just trying to get back into it. By the time we get back into it, Purdue hits another big-time three, and the game is over with. So I'm not looking forward to that. Then you have our senior night against Northwestern. And big credit to Chris Collins, major credit to Boo Booey, who, was, who just captured Northwestern's all-time leading scorer. He is now, of course – all-time leading scorer at Northwestern. So we're going to have that. That's going to be a tall task. They've had some big-time wins the past few weeks. And then the last game to close it out is at Indiana at Assembly Hall. And yes, Indiana has been garbage this year. Mike Woodson, I'm praying for that man. But that team has not been nowhere near as good as a lot of people advertise, which I knew they wouldn't be because they didn't have enough guards to be good. And that's not going to be easy environment at all. Why? Because that's going to be their last game and they're going to play for something. You never want to, even if your season is going horrendous, you never want to end your season off in an L. And again, I know it's not the, technically the end of their season because they're going to have the Big Ten tournament, but it's their last home game. And you do not want to go out like that. And so to me, right now, for all I know, we're on the outside looking in when it comes to the NCAA tournament picture. And with that, I think you have to go two and one in these last three games. You'll probably lose to Purdue and then you have to beat Northwestern Indiana is just as simple as that. And you might have to make a run in the Big Ten tournament. But I think if you go 2-1 and one in these last three games, you'll firmly be in. And then let's see what happens from there. And, and that's the most frustrating thing about all this, and then we'll get out of here, is that as great as UConn has been, as great as Purdue has been, as great as Houston has been, they are not that much further from the rest of the pack. And it's no t- truly dominant team out there like that. Any team can be beaten. So if you get into the NCAA tournament – you're going to have a chance to get to the Final Four more than ever. And I'm not even saying that this team can still get to the Final Four. I think they could in the right situation, of course, if you get the right draw, whatever. But if you get in, you give yourself a chance to win games. And that's the main thing. And I don't want Tyson Walker and Malik Hall and A.J. Hogarth to leave and be the one team that breaks Tom Izzo's consecutive NCAA tournament streak appearance. I just, I can't. And I know I just worded that wrong, but y'all know what I mean. I don't want them to be the guys that snap that streak because they deserve better than that. And so, again, I'm labeling this Spartans down. I do think we'll be all right. The way how we respond in this game at Purdue is going to tell me everything. And, I don't, and again, I don't even care if we lose necessarily. 
but go down swinging. Go down with the fight. Don't just lose because they're the better team. Lose because you actually tried to punch them in the mouth and they responded because they're a heavyweight and you're a lightweight. You know, that's what I want to see. Give me something to root for. And so we'll see. Again, I'm 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 not even irritated. I'm not frustrated. I'm just like this team has shown us what they are all season. And so I'm not going to expect something different when we know exactly what this team is. So the future of the program is in great hands. But again, it all goes back to Tom Izzo. You have to understand that the portal is your friend. The portal boosts your roster. The reason that Illinois is good this year, a major part of that is Terrence Shannon and Marcus Damask. I know Terrence Shannon was there last year, but you know what I'm saying? He came over from Texas Tech. Marcus Damask was at Southern Illinois, right? You look at Rutgers right now. Rutgers has been winning some games because Jeremiah Williams transferred over from Iowa State last year where he was at, where he tore his ACL. He's been amazing for him. You know, everywhere you look, major transfers are having an impact on their respective programs. It's time for Izzo to embrace it. And you got to understand that this is the world of college basketball, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. I will talk to you guys soon. Y'all stay blessed out there. Keep going. And always know that better things are on the way. And as always, peace and love gone.